Hello and welcome to this episode on the Fulfillment Project podcast. You have your host Sarah and and I'm Greer. Yes, welcome. Greer and I are a little giggly today, so we apologize if we have ecstatic laughs. <laughs> yeah, you guys may not know, but we're hilarious. We like to think so. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Our topic today is about how to get someone else to do the work. And so maybe you've you know, dove into personal development, spirituality, you're reading the books, going to seminars, maybe you have a coach, you follow a ton of people online, you're developing your self-awareness, you're actively looking to bring more emotional intelligence in and change patterns and up-level your life. And you're like, I'm doing the work, but you maybe have a spouse or a partner or a friend or a family member or a sibling or somebody in your life who isn't on that same path as you and you almost like you want to know like how do I shake them how do I get them to drink the Kool-Aid like how do I get them to see the the cult (laughs) how do I get them to come to the other side yeah (laughs) in my cult (laughs) no but seriously um how do we get others to kind of see this you know beautiful journey that we've been on it this is a conversation that comes up all the time in our aligned sisterhood I've had people reach out to me because I've had someone in their life who's not on the same path as them and it can be frustrating It's a situation that happens very commonly. And so let's dive into that today here on the podcast. You are listening to the Fulfillment Project Podcast. My name is Sarah Fennell, your host, fellow sister seeker, and author of Follow the Joy, the book on aligned manifestation. This show is your spot for spiritual and personal development. It's your soft landing into a place for you to embody your truth and reclaim your sovereign power. I've been a coach for more than a decade, helping thousands of people transform their lives. And I'll be sharing the most effective and profound tools to help you step into the most abundant, joyful, and fulfilled version of yourself. I'm so glad we found each other here today. My promise to you is that this show will support you to live from a fully embodied and aligned space so that you can reach your goals, share your gifts with the world, and step into a life that is truly your own. Take my hand, dear sister, and let's jump in. So we're going to start with the punchline, which is, you know, how to get somebody else to do the work. Uh, You can't. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Spoiler alert. You really can't. And the podcast is over. I think we're done. Yeah. Tune in next week. (laughs) No, but if, if you think about how hard it is for you to change yourself, like realize how virtually impossible it is to change someone else, especially forcibly. Yeah. If it happens to be a situation where they see you, they see what you're doing, they see all the growth and, you know, they love you and they want to join you. And so it's of their own volition. That's how it would happen, really. But if you're trying to knock them over the head with this, you're probably going to be met with 100% resistance. Oh, totally. Yeah. It's almost like someone tells you to do something and even though you wanted to do it you're like I'm not doing that anymore yeah forget that forget that (laughs) and it's you know even to change your own patterns like what you said Greer it's hard enough to get ourselves like into a good momentum sometime and on the right path where we want to go and it really there has to be like this click within you this like commitment this like aha within you and we've all had that 
over something and whether it was like a health goal or a business goal, a finance goal, a career goal, a relationship goal, like you have to be in the right space to be ready to take responsibility, to want to do the work and take those steps to change. And so to force that upon someone else, never going to work. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just straight up. Yes. Yeah. 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 But it can be problematic when the person who isn't doing the work is, like you say, a a really close friend, a family member, a partner, because when you kind of step onto this path and you are growing and they're staying stuck, space kind of forms. There, There can be a bit of division, especially if there's someone who is negatively judging everything you're doing and, mm-hmm. you know, thinks it's hogwash or something. Yes. Yeah. And I think there's phases. I've seen this in myself and I've seen it, you know, in other people. When we lean into the work and when we start waking up more and having more self-awareness and consciously growing ourselves, there can almost be this spiritual ego side where it's like everybody has to change now and everybody has to like see this and like everybody around me has to change and almost this like forcible uh energy that we put on other people and um you know when we do that with others of course sometimes it's like in we want their best interest, right? Like maybe we've read a book or like we've learned something new and we're like, everybody needs to know this. Like just read Mm -hmm. this. It's going to help you. And while sure we can point books and resources in in people's directions, we can't actually make them read it or do the work. And I think you pointed out a really, uh, well, you highlighted like the trap that can happen when we, when we do delve into personal growth, self-development, spirituality, uh, our ego can attach itself to anything. Oh, yeah. So we can then become the most spiritual person and we know better than anyone else and we know what's good for them because we know all things Yes. and deciding that like, cool, I've put myself in the higher position Mm-hmm. And I'm going to lord it over everyone else. And until they get on my level, which spoiler alert, again, they're never going to do because I'm the best. <laughs> I'm the most spiritual and I'm so far ahead of them. And I'm, you know, it can create problems. It's it's more ego, right? Totally. It's just another way for the ego to grab a hold of you, yes. essentially. Yeah. I see sometimes there's almost like, and Joe and I call it like the spirituality starter pack. Where it's like, <laughs> you have like, and we did this at the beginning. We're like, I need all the crystals and I need all the necklaces and I need the chakra thing like hanging in my meditation room that I created. And, and I need a completely new outfit change. Like, yeah. And like, this is my like spiritual, like Zen place. And like, when we find, and we do this too, like maybe we find like exercise for the first time or fitness. We're like, I want all the cool outfits and the cool shoes and like all the things for the gyms and the gym bag. And like, it can be cool to kind of find the accessories to go along with the thing that we're into. And when we get really amped up on something, it can be exciting to want to expose everybody else to that. And then I find afterwards, there is this like softening and realizing 
really what the path is and that we can't force other people onto it. And then there's almost like this deepening to a full respect of where everybody else is at. I think too, when we find a new thing and decide that it's going to be our new personality, um, we don't actually know a lot about it. So because we don't know a lot about it, we think we know everything, right? The less you know, the more you think you know. And then that can create an ego and a self-righteousness in and of itself. And the more you learn, the more you start to realize you don't know. The more you know, the more you realize you don't know. And that sort of, you can maybe tame the ego a little bit and go, oh, okay. I'm now put in my place and maybe this isn't all there is to life. And yeah, just realizing that you don't know what you don't know and forcing someone else to join you. Do you really know if that's in their best interest right now in this moment? And that a hundred percent for sure, they're going to be better if they do everything that you tell them to do. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I even saw too on mine and Joe's journey in the early days of thinking we needed to also be at the same level or we needed to be learning the same thing or we needed to be like using the same tool, let's say like breath work or meditation or something at the same thing, or we both needed to watch like the same video. And um, it took us a little while to like find our footing and like respect each other's journeys and, you know, the trust that like, you know, he will take what he needs when he needs it and he's on his own path. And it's not my place to point out the areas where he needs growth. It's not my place to say that my tools work better than his tools. And sometimes at the beginning, when we are having breakthroughs with our own stuff, we can think like, oh, this is what this person needs too. But that's not always the case. And I mean, you are talking about a situation where both parties are willing to learn and are willing to grow, uh, even if it's in unique ways. Mm-hmm. Like both you and Joe are very committed to growth and personal development. Specifically, I think what listeners probably want to hear is, okay, what happens if you are committed, but your partner just doesn't want to hear it? at all. They don't want to grow. They don't want to watch the videos. They think everything you're doing is maybe cultish. Um, And they don't want to change. Yeah. Uh, And this can, again, with friends, uh, what often happens is if you're growing and someone else is staying where they are, you're going to grow away from them. And when it is a partner and you've built your whole life around them, that can be incredibly painful and very, very scary. Yes. And you might second guess everything you're doing. Um, and I wondered if you have any, you know, wisdom yeah. to sprinkle on here about that. Yeah. I don't know if it's what people will want to hear. I've been in both situations with friends and with partners. Before I met Joe, every person I dated, I've been into personal development um since I was like 24, 23, maybe like really when I was diagnosed, diagnosed with bipolar and um, was coming out of drug addiction and started leaning onto all these tools, um, many romantic relationships where the gap just got too big. Yeah. And, and so what that looks like, and this wasn't me forcing anything on them, but it was the same recurring communication patterns, negative communication patterns, even though I was trying to shift them. Um, recognizing 
uh, maybe a negative communication pattern in the relationship. And I would go buy a book and I would learn and I would try to, you know, work us through that. And it would get to the point where we feel like I'm the one doing all the work. I'm shifting my patterns. I'm, you know, changing. And while the at the time, maybe in my lower states in those early days where I'm like, you know, they just won't change or it's their fault. And like, there was definitely like some blame and, and all that stuff happening. Yeah. But if the gap gets too big or you feel like you're being held behind or there's no evolution in the relationship that you need for that relationship, then sometimes that chapter is just over. Yeah. Not, not saying it's always the case, but as we've been saying, you can't force someone to grow. And I guess it's, you know, it's a judgment call on, on your part as to like, how big is that gap? And can you live with that gap? If you can live with that gap, great. I've met people where, you know, the one person is totally, you know, spiritual and out there and, you know, big into personal development and growth and conferences and the other person isn't, and that works for them. So it's, it's the decision of like, is this working for the relationship or is it not? Yeah. And and not to, you know, all doom and gloom here for relationships and friendships. Um, I think that if you are on this path and you are learning and you are growing, you doing that can be enough to slowly and subtly shift another person, even if they don't want to outwardly yeah. um, read all the same books or watch the same videos or go to the same seminars and do the same sort of practices that you have just showing up to relationship as a different person with more awareness and more kindness and more compassion can shift the dynamic um, in in really positive ways. The problems, I think, arise when the other person has no flexibility Mm -hmm. to even show up as a new person or to meet that newer, kinder, softer version of you. And to the point that they build resentment Mm -hmm. because once resentment comes in of like either you're leaving me or you're who do you think you are trying to change this dynamic that I have relied on and that you know I expect you to be Mm -hmm. that's when you have to really evaluate can I stay here with this person do I want to continue this relationship if I'm not willing to sacrifice everything that I'm doing for them because it rings true for me and I can't necessarily stay with someone who just wants to pull me back and wants to keep me in the pattern that we were in because that's all they know and they can't move out of it. As sad as it can be, you you do sometimes have to let them go. That's such a good point. Thank you for bringing that up. Um, you know, it's commonly said, if no one's heard it, you know, you cannot change other people, but you can change yourself, which inherently can change other people. And exactly what you're saying. I've seen that with Joe and I, um, every now and then I'll see a pattern or maybe a behavior in, in him. And we do this all with relationships, right? It's like, I kind of wish like this would change or man, I wish they would like, just stop doing that. And like, Sometimes they're like the smallest things where it's like, I'm not even going to bring it up. It's not going to be a conversation. Like, it's just, you know, it's, it's Mm -hmm. fine. If he stays the same, I love him. If he changes it, amazing. And I've noticed that awareness coming up of things and 
not saying anything, but changing who I am in that situation with that, you know, um, communication pattern or behavior pattern. And it's interesting you, me showing up in a different energy with maybe different words or a different tone or like a different attitude completely shifts the situation between us both. And so that's how you actually get people to change is the way that you show up. You don't have the same emotional reactions. You change your behaviors. You be a role model for the growth can really inspire people to change. Sometimes, sometimes not. Yeah. And, you know, having someone else repeatedly do something that is very triggering to you, congratulations, that is the perfect training ground for you. Yes, <laughs> totally. Right. And, and you know, the more history you have with someone, the harder it is. So if the person who is, you know, resisting change happens to be like a parent or a sibling or, or some family member that maybe you can't just like get rid of and don't want to get rid of because you, you, you love them and you yeah. want them in your life. Then you just kind of have to know that like, okay, when I go for dinner with my parents, I have to bring so much awareness and so yeah. much patience and so much compassion because they're going to have the same conversations. They're going to have the same attitudes. And the only thing, as you say, the only thing I can do is show up as a different person and maybe I'm able to do that. I'll be pleasantly surprised by the conversation and, and what happens. Maybe I won't be. Maybe they'll they'll try and drag me into it somehow. They'll pull out all the stops. They'll push all, all my buttons. But if I can go in and I can maintain my center, then awesome. Like I've quote unquote, I've won. Yeah. Right. Like this, this is the outcome that I want. And it allows me to spend time with people that I love without being pulled down by them. But again, it's takes a lot of awareness. Yeah. I find family is, can be one of the more challenging areas to um, promote growth. Um, but I've had, I've had fun. Um, and I'll use the word like playing with my family because with family, there's usually decades of the same conditioning, same type of emotional reactions, same type of conversations. Like you can probably guess the type of conversation you're going to have when you go and visit your family, how the dinner is going to go, like where the conversation is going to lead, who they're going to talk about, blah, blah, blah. And so with knowing all that and knowing it's going to be the same all the time, I find for myself, this is where I can look at, okay, I can predict this is what's going to happen, or my mom is going to say this, or my dad's going to react this way. How, what, what is my reaction going to be this time? Or what am I going to bring into this conversation that's going to shake things up and create a different dynamic? And I've had a lot of fun playing with that, whether it's not reacting the way that I would or staying neutral or pivoting the conversation in a different way or posing a different question to have them see a different perspective. I've found it to be fun to, to, to play with that because you get a completely different outlook and you actually change the dynamics of the family. And what I learned, you know, therapist Greg, we all love therapist Greg, he's <laughs> been mentioned on the podcast many times, really helping me understand the child adult dynamics and having to break that child parent relationship and come into an adult adult relationship, which Many people don't, you know, you stay with, you know, the same 
reactions that you've had for as a child or the same like domineering attitude that a parent had had over a child. But in adulthood, you're both sovereign adults. There is no uh, power or leverage over one another. And so it's to create that even ground I found for myself has been very empowering for the relationship I've had with my family. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, all of this depends on the person, on the relationship, um, friendships. I know that like a great example of when friendships kind of have to fall away is like if you are a recovering addict of some sort and you have all of these friends that, you know, you had when you were an addict. And if you want to break free from that, you kind of have to let those friendships fall away. If someone wants to join you um, on your road to recovery and healing and health, amazing. Like they can come along. Uh, but if they are stuck and they don't want to, you kind of have to let those things fall apart. So something new and something better that you probably cannot see um, can come into your life. Like you have to create that that space and that opportunity. And I like, Sarah, that you're like, I'm going to be playful. I'm going to bring in some whimsy and some intrigue and some curiosity and look for possibilities Mm -hmm. instead of dwelling on the loss Mm -hmm. or you know things that are going wrong or falling apart I think if we focus too heavily on all of the problems that we might be having in our relationships or the loss of relationship we blind ourselves to the better things that are coming our way that are maybe more suited for us and where we are in our journey totally yeah, on the the note of friendships too, um, I hear this a lot where you know people start to grow and they feel lonely because their circles they don't resonate with them anymore. And some common things that I hear is you know you get together with your friends and you're just not engaged in the conversation anymore. You don't feel like you're having meaningful conversations with friends. You recognize maybe the drama that you just don't want to be a part of anymore, or the complaining. Um, or you just like the conversation, you're just like, I just don't want to be here or, you know, you just feel different. Mm. And that's very common if you're growing and you've had friends for a long time. And it's kind of like family, like you're kind of in the same, but like when there's a lot of unconscious conversations and behaviors happen, which happens to a lot of people, most people, and it's like, you're really focused on this work you'll have the same type of conversations and you'll complain about the same things. And it is just this like repetitive cycle that happens with friendships and with family. And so with friendships, I found, and a lot of people, they ask like, do I have to like ditch all my friends or do I need to like have a conversation with my friend that I can't be friends with them anymore and like break up with them. And a lot of times we can just allow people to slip away if we feel like the relationship isn't serving us anymore or bringing us the value that we need from that relationship. Um, things will naturally fall away that are not resonant anymore. Oh, yeah, yeah you, like shaking you can see it, but I'm nodding. I'm yes. emphatically. Yes. Um, I don't think I could have predicted where my friendships would go, where my relationships would go. And yeah. thank goodness for that. Yeah. Um, but that's one of the reasons not to have a shameless plug here, but it's one of the reasons why the sisterhood is like really important because you do get to be around like-minded people who are on this growth journey. So maybe if you 
don't have that in your life, um, it's a it's a great space to feel like you're not alone on this. Yes. Yeah. Um, we'll leave a link in the show notes if anybody's interested in a community of women. Um, we do a few live calls per week. We do weekly somatic work. And really, it's a space where all of you is welcome to talk about topics like this and, you know, challenges and growth and wins and all the things that we're going through. Because um, I do believe a, a good community support around you really helps the healing journey. Um giving us support, making us not feel alone and opening up to conversations that we want to have and more meaningful things um, that we feel like we want in our life. And so that's the power of community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So don't try and change people. Just do what you can do. <laughs> yes. Love people for where they're at. Everyone will find their own journey. Everyone does not need to be on the same path as you. In fact, no one will ever be on the same path as you. Um, I see myself walking alongside all my, yes. you know, all my friends, you know, even my family members, like we're all walking a path beside each other, but they're all different. They all, they all, they all look different. They all feel different. And that's completely fine. It's completely fine. Yeah. yeah. Wonderful. Thank you for joining me, Greer. Thank you for having me. Yes. Thank you for uh, listening in today and we will catch you on the next episode. <laughs>